We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020, a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else you get your podcast. At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. When it comes to getting it in in the bedroom, I find myself trying to find ways to reinvent things over and over again so I could bust it wide open differently. Deadass? Deadass. Well, the real problem is that I just like having sex with you too much and I don't get tired of it. (laughs) So good luck trying to find a way to keep it up because I just love having sex with you, baby. (sighs) Deadass. Deadass. With all ass. (laughs) With all ass. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellis's. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention, we're married. Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. (laughs) We about to take pillow talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts now. So after 17 years and about six days together, you know, I'm always trying to find ways to just make things a little bit different, make it a little spicy, without having to bring any other human beings into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So... I was at the mom friends back in May. Shout out to the girls who put on the mom friends. And um, we were talking about everything mom, love, household related. And in that, one of the booths that they had, you know, at the marketplace was uh, lust for love. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And this was particularly interesting because I had my mom with me at the mom friends. So we passed the table of candles. We passed the table of, you know, band-aids for children of color. And then we passed the table of vibrators and dildos. <laughs> with so your mom. That, with my mom, who is probably the most conservative person that I know, especially when it comes to sex. Oh, so God. we strolled past the table. And, of course, I had to stop because I know it made her uncomfortable. So, of course, I had to go and, like, Touch a dildo in front of my mom just <laughs> oh, you because. you messed up. you so messed <laughs> just up. Just because. But I also was thinking, you know what? This is probably God's way of saying, Kadeen, you stumbled upon this table of dildos and vibrators. Maybe you should go and be a consumer of the dildos <laughs> and the vibrators. So at that point, I spoke with the young lady, you know, who was also on a panel that spoke about spicing up things in the bedroom, sexual intimacy, got her Instagram page, and I hit her up after. And I was like, sis, listen. I was given a sign that I need to patron your business, okay? So send me some of your best sellers, sis. Whatever it is, send me your best sellers. And I went ahead and I supported her business, you know, made my payment on PayPal. And I was looking out for this package. And the package came and I literally. opened up the package. <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, now I have to find a way to introduce these toys into the bedroom. How is the Val going to respond to this? Hmm. 
Good loving body rocking, knocking boots all night long. <laughs> Making love until you're tired too. The break of dawn. Oh, come on. Our harmonies. You heard off. that? Oh. I don't know what I don't know what key you were in, but you were in a. I was in the key of D for Deval. <laughs> Get with it. All right. <laughs> I love that song. That song will never die. It's on our playlist. Whenever we get ready to knock the boots. You got to work on your tune, though. Like, you got to hold the ear I so you can you. get in tune with True. me. True, because Deval being here like a real throwback R&B singer, holding you got his to. ear and everything. You got to. But let, next time, let me know what key you're going to be in so I can try to do I, the alternate key. Cause this I, key. Good loving body, right. rocking, knocking boots. <laughs> That's the key I'm in. All right, y'all. So, you know, we spoke about sex in every which way possible. Do Mary we talk sex. about sex? I, feel like Deval, I don't think we talk about sex at all, to be honest. Deval, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like literally every, every episode, no matter that. how serious the topic is, Deval finds a way to slide it in there. I'm private. Whoa. Y'all are my y'all. You, I like sliding stuff in there. <laughs> You're so annoying. You brought it up. I, you know what? You think by now, after all these years of dealing with you, I would know <laughs> how to even just like frame my statements so that they don't allow for you to just make a sexual <laughs> comment about it. But anyway, you, you got to work on that. I figured if we're going to talk more about sex, we might as well talk to someone who is a specialist in sex, what we would call a sexologist. Ah. You know? So yes. we have somebody in the, in the house today who knows a little something about something. Shan. You in the house? Where you yes. at? You know what? I never know what podcast when to jump out the cake. Like, when is it my time to be like, I'm here? So, yes, I I just here. called you and Shan, give him your full name. Shan Boudram. I also go by Shan Booty online. And yes. to manage expectations, Booty's a play off my last name, not my anatomy. Ah, oh, okay. there we go. Though, Shan considering Booty. what you do... It makes sense. It makes sense. But I just yes. like, I think sometimes people, or some people read it Shan Body, and it's just like not like that in real life. Right. And, you know, right. it's just not right. as fun right. when you see right. me. But yes. Oh my God. So sex is a highly contested conversation in our relationship. So y'all know that already. So we've brought in a sexologist to help us settle our differences. Yes, we if have that's some possible. We have some differences. <laughs> Learn a thing or two on how to keep things spicy for each other as well. So you are Shannon, an expert um, in intimacy, host of Facebook's Make Up or Break Up, uh, author, writer, YouTube star, and we are so excited to have you on the show today. So thank you for coming Exceptional. in. Exceptional. My oh smile's my so big right now. I Is love when people read the bio. I don't know why. I'm just I tried to. I was trying to memorize it, but my brain's fried at this point. But you wanted me to keep it short, so I try to keep it short. It for was you. short, sweet, and beautiful. To the point. I wonderful. Loved it. Wonderful. Thank my production team for that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the production team. <laughs> Shout out to the production team. So let me tell you. Um, so Deval and I have been together. We just celebrated 17 years together. Yes. Wow. October 3rd, 2002. Thank you. Thank so you. So we've thank grown you. together in so many ways. We've grown together sexually. We've grown apart, sexually. I feel like, at some point sexually. <laughs> yes. But we're married and we're committed and we've always tried to find ways to reinvent things for ourselves in the bedroom. You know, um, Devout requests certain things from me. I may not come through with the things the way he likes it, but... You know, I try sometimes. So yeah, sometimes you, I, mean, I don't. You don't try sometimes. You try all the time. Like I, we, yeah, we both try you know. our hardest, you know, to make sure that we're both uh, pleased and satisfied. Right. I just have come to this, like, actuality that the things that I want and I like are not necessarily the things that she wants and she likes. Right. So at one point in my life, I was under the assumption that, hey, this is my wife. We're going to find that mesh where we both like everything that each other likes. Mm -hmm. And it just never happened. And I finally got to the point now where it's like, it's never going to happen. So let's try to figure right. out what we can do. However, I still try to find ways. So like my story time, I talk about trying to find um, 
spice in toys, you know? I bumped into a young lady that was selling some things, and I was like, hey, send me some of your bestsellers. You know, let's see what works. Let's throw it in the bedroom. And then Deval sometimes looks at it like, if, if it looks like me, <laughs> if it's shaped just, like me, I don't know if I want to play with it. Yeah, I just not, I'm not with the toy thing. That's just not my and thing. And then I've realized, well, maybe some toys are just made for me, or some are just made for him. So we're still trying to navigate things as we try to reinvent things. So tell me, Shan, you know, uh, people got to know, what exactly is out. a sexologist? There's so many questions. I have for you guys, but I mean, I'll oh. start answering and then I'll oh, you, dive if back you got, to you. Yeah, answer that I mean, I'll hey, we, we can go both ways with this interview. I so. love that you referred to me as a sex specialist because yes. it sounds like I'm in there with like a toolkit <laughs> and just an entire bag of tricks. Um, a sexologist is to sex. It's easy to think about it like a nutritionist is to food. Okay. So a sexologist is the study of sex as it relates to biology, psychology, criminology, okay. sociology. Oh, um, really? So sexologists like nutritionists can show up in a lot of different formats. You can oh, work in a clinic. Nice. You can work for with a one-to-one practice. You can write curriculum. You can work for pharmaceuticals. I'm a public-facing uh, sex and relationship educator. So I write books. I you know uh, consult for TV shows. I consult for different projects. I work with some pharmaceuticals, but that's how I do it. But there are sexologists who are surrogates. And mm. a surrogate right. worker is somebody who literally will come and um, have a sexual relationship with somebody and you have to be prescribed from a therapist to do that. So there's a variety of oh, different Oh, word? Yeah. So huh. they would be, I guess, in more ways a sex specialist. Like so you could coming be in. Sub- prescribed a side chick. More or less. Or a no, side dude. No, that's not what it sounds like. Yeah. Or a, or a side dude. Yeah. Like, so, oh. if, if, so for example, if I wasn't hitting it the right way, she could go see a doctor and come back with a note and say, "Deval, listen, my doctor prescribed me." You see me this RX to go to, yeah, go, see this, RX to go see this dude, and I got need this. Script pad. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I don't want to make fun of it, but essentially that's what it is. Yeah, but more or less it would be like if you have vaginismus, and that's for women, is really painful sex. Like almost the, the, think about a Charlie horse that you get in your ankle when you have Uh a really bad cramp. Some women's vaginal canal experiences that during, before penetration. And so if every time they went to go and get intimate with their partner, they would get this spasming. It would cause an issue. A surrogate might be able to come in and help and figure out what the trauma and the touch points are. Mm -hmm. Or people who have like certain special needs, for example, who have a hard time figuring out how to have pain-free sex. And so there's a variety of reasons. I, I haven't heard of one yet that's just like, man, my partner's not doing the best they could. <laughs> so <laughs> slide somebody in here. I haven't heard that, but I'm sure all things are possible. Oh my God. So tell me how you discovered that this was your calling. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I think passion is often thought about or your purpose is something you have to find and go towards. Right. And for me, I think it was just rediscovering and going back. Like I was fascinated by touch and by the human body. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I also grew up in a Caribbean household. And oh, like, we yeah. had the whole like, Island you grew up in Korea. Korea. What, what, what island? Guyana is my dad. Oh, my Guyana, mom is GT. Yes, yes. GT. GT. Yes. yes, okay, Guyana. I love it. <laughs> and um, I went to a Catholic school. So a lot of like my natural curiosities were really repressed. And so I lost touch with my sexuality. And when I started to engage in sex, misinformed by porn, by books like The Coldest Winter Ever. I read that. Yeah, you read that a couple times. Fly Girl. Jeez, Fly Girl, Fly right? Girl, and in yeah. all those books, if you recall, it was like their first sexual experience. They didn't even have to have got like an inch in. They were orgasming and melting. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that set my expectations. And mm-hmm. so when I turned 19, I had several partners, zero orgasms, zero connection. 
connection. And I thought to myself, okay, I've been looking forward to this thing my whole life and it's been completely trash. So Mm. what now? Do I just give up on it or do I try to restart my own education? And so I restarted at 19. I had a book come out at 24 called Laid. And then 10 years later, I put out my second book. So I've been in the space for 13 years. Wow. I want to be honest. It it would be extremely intimidating to me to try to have sex with a sex specialist. Okay. As a man. Like you walk in this room like, listen, she know everything about this. I don't know what I'm going to do. She probably done seen everything. That has to be intimidating for any man that is going to try and date you or please you. Um, I think it is. I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't probably have sex with somebody who looked at it in that intimidation way because it just. Well, it would depends. you tell them that you was a sexologist? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I can't deny it. Of, I'm a of that? That's her. That's her yeah, profession. Yeah. Yes. There's no hiding oh, it. It just is. But I also too, I think a good sexual partner acknowledges that every you are you're never an expert on somebody else. Mm-hmm. I cannot right. please your wife more than you can. Like mm-hmm. your 17 years of experience will trump any book that I've read, any you know mm-hmm. course or seminar that I've been to. And I, think I would like to think so as well. I, I will definitely, I'm going to say 100%. I don't even have to try to know that it's true. Oh my goodness. So I think that a good person, somebody to me who's good at sex is somebody uh-huh. who's like more of a tourist than a tour guide to someone else's body. Uh-huh. And so I, I don't, I, like I actually get red flags if anybody is like, I'm amazing in the bedroom. I'm awesome. I'm great. I'm then the right. best. It's about them and it's not about their partner. Right. And then they get right. in there and they're like, look at all my tricks. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I see what your ex liked. She said, look at all my tricks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dudes be, though. I ain't gonna lie. Me, me and my friends, we talking. You know, you have sex with a girl first time. You're like, yeah, I dropped that grade A. You know, I did that thing where I do the hip toss yeah. and then I pull the leg back. <laughs> I know that's what got her. Yeah. That's how men talk. And though. then she don't call you back. Right. And then she's got what? an inverted uterus and it's uncomfortable for her. And so, yeah, I just think that anybody who claims to be amazing at sex, I would raise eyebrows for. No, for okay. sure. So with guys possibly being intimidated by you. Do you ever feel any kind of pressure? Like, man, I have to like bust it down real no, quick. No, I go in because... off the top. Like, I don't know nothing. Oh, like, okay. this is news to me. You are new to me. Like, mm-hmm. teach me. Like, can I watch what you do? Can we, I ask tons of questions. So I like go in there being like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm a novice in in the ex, in the realm of you. Well, that's mm-hmm. the key. Um, that's yeah. Like you said, that makes keep so asking much questions. Sense. I mean, after 17 years, I still ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. to Kadeem. We, we had great sex the, uh, the other night. And I still <gasps> afterwards, I was, it was it was very nice. It was very nice. It so was. she did this new thing where she likes to be on the side and she throw her right leg up, right. So it was kind of like um, <laughs> I'm trying to describe it so people can see it, but not be too graphic because I know my kids are gonna hear this at some point in their life. <laughs> But um, this was new, and I said in the middle, I was like, "Yo, this is new." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I realized like, like I really liked it like that. I was mm. like, "Okay." Yeah, so I, we're I could tell something. in her response to that that I was like, "Oh, this is the direction I'm going to keep going." Even though I were you to go, on your side, or were you like? No, I was still upright. He was upright. upright. I was on my side. Oh, kind of like hoisted a leg over his shoulder, right. and then my other leg was underneath him. And so. I was straddling her leg, right. but she was sideways. It was kind of like a lock. Right, it was a lock. It was like a lock, like an interlock, but a completely different angle. Yeah. And we've done it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it and was just hitting something that was just quite right. And yeah. I was like, right. there you go. Quite right. And, yeah. It's quite right. It's quite and that's right. what I'll be looking for, though. <laughs> right. Like, whenever we have well, sex, I'm trying to look for her right. response to see right. that that's working. And I said to her right afterwards, I was like, that seemed like you enjoyed that a lot more than recently. And she was just like, no, nah, that's... I like that. Right. So I continue to So we have conversations questions. after. Yeah. I love that. Which is what we yeah. still try to do now. Here we are 17 years later, but yeah. still always having the desire to learn and then unlearn because the other day he was doing something and I was like, mm, I don't really 
like that anymore. Yes. yes. I thought I did, and I used to at one point, but no, like we laughed and joked. We had um, Kevin on stage um, yes. and his wife on. They also have a podcast, The Love Hour. So we were talking about like things that are green lights, things that are red lights, things that are yellow. Flashing yellow. Flashing yellow. <laughs> the delayed yellow. Right. You know, that, that right. yellow that's like there forever. <laughs> yeah. The flashing reds. So, you know, I had the conversation with him like, you know, I don't really like that anymore. And he's just like, but you used to love that. And I'm like, mm. Not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we always are having changed. the conversations about it. So what is your advice? How do you navigate when you're speaking with couples who have been together in long-term relationships? Yeah, I would say like the brain is not that hard to pimp out, right? Like the brain likes new. So mm-hmm. whatever whatever happens, like there's, there's two types of um, – there's – Passionate love and companionate love. And mm-hmm. passionate love is when your brain's on autopilot. When you first get together, you're getting all of the chemical cocktails, right? The mm-hmm. dopamine hits and the nephrophine and the, and the uh, oxytocin. And it just feels fire and the butterflies are there. You don't have to even do much. The right. person could just blow on you and you feel that That's feeling. Right. But over time, love shifts to companionate love where you're now in the driver's seat. Like you have to manually create those exact same feelings. And one of my That's favorite, so um, Dr. Helen Fisher was saying that if people continue to have that same rush of adrenaline that like burst of butterflies every mm-hmm. time their partner was around mm-hmm. it would shorten their life expectancy because yeah that that dump of adrenaline damages uh, your tissue it does yes. yeah so yeah. You, i told you that shit wasn't gonna work about <laughs> yeah. i told you it wasn't gonna work like, you always be looking for reasons no right it, she, she, there's a scientific fact here you I, like to talk about scientific facts she has scientific yeah facts. You, you had some but this was my thing i said when we first met we used to just touch each other and it felt like everything. I said, I want to feel that yeah, every I time feel I touch you. Like I, I hate when we have these moments where months go by and we don't kiss or we we don't hug. And it's like you barely touch the person. I used to like like rub her leg and I would feel her get like goosebumps. And now it's like I rub her leg and she was like, can you not touch me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you used to like when I touch your leg. Now I can't touch well, your leg. It's just going to happen though. It's like yeah. the same thing if you went to the sushi restaurant and you had an incredible crunchy roll and mm-hmm. it blew your mind. If you go to that same restaurant and had that same crunchy roll for 17 years, it's just not going to give you that exact same wow experience. Mm-hmm. Now it could still be good in its own way, but the good thing is though, in order to get back that feeling of the new, to get that rush again, it's little tweaks. It's little things that make the, it new again to the brain. And mm-hmm. so you want to excite the risk and reward center. So doing something like yes, give the us door, some tips. Give us some keeping tips. the door cracked a little bit open so maybe people might be able to hear. Or maybe like you have this like rush of we have to hurry up. Or doing it where you change the light bulb to red. So there's like a different atmosphere right. and environment in Lighting, the bedroom. Lighting, I think, is very sexy. They, they, you know, don't I say that too sometimes? You, you like, I like say- the light. We were in a hotel once and the light was kind of different. I was like, oh, this is sexy light. And yeah, was, you do. The lighting night. is a matter. Is, yeah. is good if the light's too bright. She's yeah, not into it. Into it. Yeah. She's not into it. The lights. Too but bright. maybe one time the light being very bright might be. It's just making sure that, like, again, like the brain gets a little bit of something different. You're an mm-hmm. athlete. You know this as well too. Yeah. Like your muscles start to get dull to an activity yes. if you do it repeatedly. You have to change it you up even change just a up. little bit, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's decreasing or increasing the weight by a couple, you'll see a different response. So right. mm-hmm. it's the same thing. I think when people think about spicing up in the bedroom, they're like, let's go to Cancun. Let's find us like a little senorita at a local bar. Let's have a threesome. And it's right. like, you could. Or you could just simply change the direction of your bed and see how that works. <laughs> right? Or, right, exactly. Or you could do like my wife does. My wife, for whatever reason, gets turned on 
when her parents are somewhere in the house. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. like we'll be at her. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah, we'll be at her parents' house and she'll be like, let's stay here. And I'm like, fine, we'll stay with your parents. I don't care. So then they're upstairs in the room and she's just touching me. And I'm like, yo, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. And she's like, come on, come on. It's like I'm the like, good old days. Because that reminds go. me almost like when we first met and you're like trying to like get it in real quick. Like, I'm like, hell no. One time, one time we were in his parents' house and his mom, this is like years ago, and his mom sent me downstairs to go get peas out of the deep freezer. So I was like, come downstairs with me to get the peas. And I was like, I couldn't find the peas because why we were in getting it in, in the laundry room. <laughs> and then we, then we didn't come up with the peas. We was down there mad long. We, I forgot what we went down there for. I was just like, oh, the peas. My mom was like, where's the peas? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> but at first, though, she called me downstairs. I'm like, you really can't find the peas? I always got to do everything. I go down there. She's like pulling on me and stuff. I'm like, yo, stop. <laughs> stop. Awesome. I do not yeah, want to do this. But she that's always the stuff gets... he wants to happen now. And I'm just like, mm, I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be trying to pull her into the closet and stuff. And so let me let me ask this. After, couple, after couples have identified, like, you know what? We have some issues with intimacy, okay? Where's a good place for them to start? Like, her, her drive has changed a lot since having the boys, which we knew it was going to happen. Just chemically, that was going to be an issue. But also, mm-hmm. we've been together 17 years. Like, somebody doesn't want to get plowed out every day f- for 17 years. Like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> right. When, no, we college, way, guess, you know, yeah. when we were in college, you know, when we were in college— it it was different, you know. Right. She was like, "Come on, come on, you're an athlete. Like, let me see." Now it's just like, "Yo, bro, chill out." <laughs> and so he's frequency, the same, like he was 17 years ago. Yeah, so it's just I still like, train and like I, I'm playing. And I feel ball, guilty because so. I feel like I can't keep up with his. You know, it's like a supply and demand thing going on here, and I can't keep up with it. I mean, that happens, and it's like I think compatibility is just like that. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be in every marriage, every relationship, there's going to be five things. You're like, I cannot believe I found somebody who's on the exact same page as me. Right. Whether that is religion or childbearing or finances, there's going to be some things that just click so stupid magically, and there's going to be some things that don't. Mm-hmm. I think we think of sexuality as something that you can't work on, though. Like, if I talk to couples and they're like, "Yeah, we're just not sexually compatible, so should we end things?" And I'm like, no. Like, you just got to, unless that's a, you know, you got to work on it like anything yeah. else. Like, there's going to be areas that the connection is just there. And there's going to be other areas that's just not in flow. And that's no problem with that. That's just going into manual. I'll say like a basic tip that I have is I have this thing called turn on triggers. And I have a quiz on my website for this for anybody who wants to take it. And essentially, it's six different ways that get people in the mood. So going back to in the very beginning, it's just breathing on the other person will get you in the mood because Mm -hmm. that risk and reward center is lighting up because this is a brand new person, new experience. There's tons of risk happening. And so your brain's going to respond in that like heroin-esque way. But over time, you have to like get the brain in that space. And so a manual turn on trigger. Mm -hmm. And some people's might be environmental. Um, A lot of like moms I find is environmental where it's like, let me not see dirty clothes in my peripheral. You know, I can't focus. <laughs> so true. Ah. Or like, can we make the bed before yes. we get in the bed? Yes. Not get into like the messy bed. Yeah. Can we put some effort in the in the atmosphere? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Can there be a red light on? Can there be some candles burning? Like, can we actually make this an experience, a, a sensory experience that I can actually relax in and not be focused on the billions of chores are around me that haven't been done yet? Um, some people's is desire. Mine is desire. Mm-hmm. And I just require very specific language that is like, your ex is so effing X and I want to do Y with your Y. Uh-huh. And like that to me is every, I don't care if it's dirty. I don't care uh-huh. about nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like if you tell me I'm hot, I feel excited. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of men is visual. And so it's just like when they, it's like a baby. When you see something, you want to put in your mouth. And so it's just like putting that extra attention. <laughs> I see you every day. Yeah. He sees me every day. And once a year ago, yeah. No, you know what's funny? I, and I was going to ask you, are there is there any truth to some of the myths you hear? Like, for example, a lot of my boys who are married or in long-term relationships complain about, I don't get enough sex. So we've, you know, 
brought it down to a science that women just don't want to have sex as much as us. Then we're trying to figure out why is that? You know, why does it seem like when a woman wants to be in a relationship, she's willing to have more sex, but then when she gets into a relationship, it just automatically stops. Is there any science to that? Because it seems like that seems to be pretty consistent amongst all of my friends. Like they'll meet a girl and him and her will have sex every day, multiple times a day. The minute it's like, okay, we're monogamous now, it's like cut off. Yeah. I mean, I guess like there's a reproductive science in terms Mm -hmm. of just like the motivation for a man who can have kids up until 80 and is just Mm -hmm. as fertile is a lot higher than for a woman who after a while there's really no like biological payoff in terms of having so there is a science behind it there is but to be honest with you i would just say like there's another there's other great books out there like called what women want that just like debunk any myth that there's a difference in how men and women um want desire perceive and like think about sex and so there's science on both sides and then you can find whatever you're looking for i can tell you the amount of couples that i've spoken to where it's the other way around i was gonna say i have a couple of people that I know where it's the opposite. Yes. The female is actually wanting more and yes. the male isn't. So I don't know. I know like you have your group of friends and that seems to be the consensus with them. But and especially if that's a group of friends and like you're not going to have the one dude in the group who doesn't side with you guys be right. like, well, actually my wife is kind of the freak and I'm not interested. Right. No, that's that's true. I, right. I don't think they would honestly say that. I also do think it matters on, on the type of friends you have. All of my friends were athletes or are athletes. Mm-hmm. So we still all train particularly like like we still play ball. So, for example, I, I do have a guy who sp- reached out to me for how it was being the opposite. But he says that um, he doesn't like the way his body looks. Um, he let himself go. He's not as confident. So he doesn't want to have sex with his wife as much, mainly because he feels he's going to fail her desires because he feels like he's no longer what she wanted. What a vulnerable conversation. Shout you, out to that dude. You would yeah. be surprised. And for you for being able to that, encourage someone to say that. Yeah. I was when he when I think Deval feels like a safe space for a lot of people though. Yeah, mm-hmm. him a lot of guys. Yeah. And they won't that. they'll see me in person. Like they won't text me because they don't want the the proof to be anywhere. They'll be like, bro, can I talk to you about something real? You know. And then he opened up to me. And then I was just like, um, why do you feel this way? And he was just like, I know what my, my wife wants. And I just know that I'm not it. And um, he's like, I don't like to work out. And I just don't feel like I can ever get back to that. So I shy away from having sex so I don't constantly disappoint her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, like that's... But but then I asked him, I said, well, that's your wife, right? You do want your wife to be happy, right? You can't shy away by not having sex with her. So he's like, what should I do? I said, first, you should diet, get in the gym, be healthy just for yourself. But if you love this woman... And you made an oath and a promise to her to be there for her. You have to be there for her. I think it's unfair for man or a woman to just say, I don't like the way I look, so I'm not going to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. I do think that that's unfair. Yeah, 100%. I think and I told him that too. Especially when you're not having the dialogue with your partner. Right. Also too, it's just like expressing your needs. Like uh, there's studies that show that a woman's number one turn on is herself. Like Esther Perel yes. um, talked about that. Right. Yes. It's funny because my follow-up to that was going to be like, well, is it an issue for her? The way he looks and the way he feels about himself may not be an issue for her. She may just be like, I just want my husband. I just want the attention. But even if she yeah. knew, now she has to overcompensate with compliments, which mm. is also fair. You know what I mean? I yeah. think a lot of dudes could really benefit from overcompensating with compliments. Yeah. from just saying even if you feel like you said it already just like even like compliment the taste of her vaginal fluids like you know compliment mm-hmm. the way that her body smells naturally because she might be going through this checklist in her head of like I'm spiky my I haven't showered in like two hours right. or like I can't do it but if you just compliment ease her. all of those insecurities by being like you as is right now I want all of it I think that makes a massive difference in people's a willingness to start to play. You know, it's funny to hear that verbal affirmation. You hear about that with pets. You hear about that with children. But you don't hear about that with your spouse. 
But it, it seemed like it would still make sense. Just constant verbal positive affirmation. Like, I'm here for you. I want you. I, I love you as is. I think that that could help a lot of people, men and women. Yeah, sure. and the more you know? specific, the better. Because sometimes we tend to do like those broad, I told you I love you. I told you I want you. And you're like, <laughs> Very true. I yeah. want the specific. You right. know what I mean? I want to know. What is it that you love about me in this moment right now? Yeah, yeah. like the hairs in my booty hole are hot to you. <laughs> I want to hear the specific <laughs> stuff. Oh my goodness. That's what I thought I was the only one with hairs in my booty hole. But oh my goodness. No. no. <laughs> Yeah, I went and got electrolysis. <laughs> she did like, get electrolysis. Laser hair removal for the booty because I was like, listen, this can't, this can't work. <laughs> That's funny. So tell me about your book. You have a book, the uh, the Game of Desire. Yes. What's uh, that about? It's essentially what we're talking about right now, okay. which is getting mm-hmm. into the driver's seat, understanding that I think when it comes to everything in life, you know, sports or cooking or even child rearing, mm-hmm. there's this understanding that in order to be good at it, you have to enlist the help of experts. You have to read books. You have to research. You have to right. practice in low-risk environments. you got to give yourself space to not be perfect and constantly challenge yourself. But when it comes to sex and love, it's just like it's if it's not bestowed from the gods, it's not meant to right. be. That's the absolute right. truth. It's not going to happen on its own. It's right. not going to happen. It's not going to happen yeah. versus like, no, like you can actually approach this with a system and a strategy and you can be good at loving somebody. You can be good at being a good sexual partner. It's not just about chemistry or compatibility right. or magic. It is a set, a series of skills that anyone can acquire. And so mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. of desire is teaching people how to be more attractive. No, mm-hmm. awesome. Did you talk about dating in that uh, yes, book as well? Yes. Yeah, because we get a lot of questions from people about dating and we kind of feel ill-prepared to discuss that because we haven't dated anyone in 17 years. And, right. you know, we talk Although about you people. guys are probably everyone's go-to. Like yeah. every single one of your friends go kind to you of, guys. They're just like, well, yeah, what was somewhat. the recipe? Yeah, um, which I have no like, answers for. No, because we're just like, please don't look at us like we are the the gurus because this just works for us, and to we're still honest, figuring it out day to day. I I don't know how to tell someone. I don't know because people ask me, how did you and Kadeem make it work? I'm like, I still trying to make it work today. I don't know what I've done over the past seven years to still be at this point. Mm-hmm. I know what I've worked on on myself. I know what I want out of my wife, but I can't. Right verbally articulate to someone if you do these steps right this is what you do to have a healthy relationship especially sexually because yeah. we struggled with with uh sexuality in our relationship so much because I'm trying to do everything to be for her she's trying to do everything to be for me and it seems like sometimes we just don't hit mm-hmm. at the right spot and then mm-hmm. Melissa she made a very good point that I never thought about from a man's standpoint as a woman she was shamed for having any sexual desires her whole entire life. Melissa. She grew oh, up in... Um, on stage. Yes, Kev, yeah, Kev on stage wife. wife. Yes. Growing up down south, growing up in a Baptist culture. Right. So the fact that you've been shamed your whole life, now you get married and you're supposed to be free sexually with this man as your husband, it's almost like that shame doesn't go away. Yep. So now you're in the bedroom with this man and you're still feeling shame, but you're trying to open up. I never thought about that from a woman's standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense. To me as a man now, why you you find a woman and you want to do all these things and you're asking her to open up and she's kind of like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean I don't know? I've been doing this my whole life. It's, you know, yeah. uh, learning that from her and listening to her perspective made me realize that. And I, I want to ask you, what age do you start as a, as a woman, a young woman to explore your sexuality? What age is it safe? Really, I mean, your sexuality is the, is a constant, mm-hmm. right? It is with you from the moment that you enter this world. It's with you from the time that you're an embryo, right? And so there's a constant need to explore, question, figure it out. One of the best things I did in school for sexology is we had this age-by-age age assessment of, like, what's normal sexual behavior? Mm-hmm. I'm like, everyone should read this mm-hmm. because it's this idea that, like, yeah, like, you're constantly evolving as a sexual person and you mm-hmm. should be aware of it. I think as, even as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of parents get concerned when they see their, like, my friend, her seven-year-old 
12-year-old was humping a laundry basket. Mm-hmm. And she was like, really, really like, should I could take him to a therapist or something wrong? Like, right. this is right. completely normal <laughs> sexual mm-hmm. behavior. You can talk about uh, appropriate places to indulge, not appropriate places, but you can have that conversation about their body. And it's age appropriate, but use the right terms. Don't lie, because if you lie and they go to school and found out you made oh, that stork stuff up, right. right, they're not going to come to you anymore as a trusted source, because like mom and dad don't know what they're talking about. Right. Clearly, all my seven and eight-year-old friends do know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I'll stick over here, right? Exactly. And when I and people don't always remember the details of anything, of any conversation. And they may not remember exactly what was said, but they will remember how they felt. And if they felt awkward, mm-hmm. if they felt lied to, if they felt embarrassed, they're never going to reproach that discussion again. So I'd say, I mean, all throughout. But absolutely, I think for a lot of people in general, it's like such confusing messaging. And someone says to me about, about dating, like in Christianity – it's like, don't date, don't date, don't date. And then all of a sudden you turn 28. It's like, why aren't you married? Why aren't you married? Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. No, that's true. Yeah, and you should be married and you should be satisfying your spouse and you should be yeah. doing everything in the right way because now you have the red light to do it. But there's I mean, like the green light to do it. in between, right? right? Like they're either like trying to make you abstain with everything in their body or they're pissed that you don't have four <laughs> kids by now. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny you say that. We have three boys, which a lot of people know already. But... um. Two years ago, we had an issue with Jackson and the cell phone. And we always tell a story where um, he had um, Kay's grandmother's cell phone. And she was like, we got to talk to Jackson. I'm like, why? And she's like, I'm looking at his history, his search history. And he was looking up twerking, mm-hmm. right? And he was looking up girls twerking, girls twerking on Fortnite, girls twerking <laughs> on Justin Bieber, girls twerking at NBA 2K. And... Kay was like, you got to talk to him. So I went to talk to him. And the first thing I did was try to make him feel comfortable about having the conversation. Right. Because he was clearly flustered. Like, I was looking at something I wasn't supposed to be looking at. Right. You know, because we have all of the, the parental controls on his, like, iPad and stuff. But when and he got grandma's phone. She's a spy. I'm not a spy. I just want to know what my children yes. are involved in and what they're looking at. Because the accessibility that they have yes. to everything, Way I want to be able to navigate and be able to educate. Yes. So. so, no, I didn't think it was wrong that you were a spy. But yeah. you are a spy. I'm a spy. So we had. We, I love the turnaround. Just call me Dora. She knows everything. Just call she, me Inspector Gadget. We got this thing on our house, this ring thing, where you can see through the doorbell who's at the front door. And every time I go to the door to do something, all I hear is "Hey, hey." It's connected <laughs> to her to phone. Him through it, yeah. She's like, I'm "Where like, are you just going? Making sure. What are you doing?" That's it. I'm like, "Yo, you you have problems." But um, <laughs> I want to be sure that I can educate my boys mm-hmm. as much as possible. Going through the social media era. Where, like Kay said, they have accessibility to everything. You said start at five. Jackson's already eight. I need to know what to do. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, clearly he's interested. He even, even me. I'm looking through phones. A girl will come up before when he was younger. A girl will come up and he'd be like, ah, no, daddy, no. Now a girl come up and he's like, hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, obviously, he's starting to get interested. He's starting to feel things. And I remember when I was in... Third grade going to fourth grade, that's when I had my first little crush on a girl. I want to make sure that he knows how to handle these situations the right way. Of course, be respectful, know what's appropriate and inappropriate. What are some things that we can, as parents, do to prepare our young men and women to deal with their sexuality? I think for looking for natural segues into conversations. I think when people make it an intentional talk, like even in a relationship, like we need to talk. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. I'm scared. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right, just right, I'm right. stressed right. out. Yeah. Whereas in if it's just like we're watching a TV show, like some parents said to me, Grey's Anatomy is like one of the best shows you can watch with your kids because so many health topics, so many topics mm-hmm. about relationships come up. Mm. And it's a natural tie-in to be like, 
oh, like, have you ever had this happen to you? I think a big thing, too, as parents is using yourself. Uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. So if you okay. want your kids to be more open and honest, be honest about yourself. I say this about my parents. My parents, okay. um, my mom told this story of, like, well, I met your father. We fell in love. We got married. We had right. kids. And that was that. And I, mm-hmm. I'm i not going to feel comfortable coming to her at 14 and being like, hey, I masturbated with a pickle yesterday. What's wrong with me? Right? right, right if right. this person's so perfect in their sexuality, right. why would I ever feel comfortable saying, I'm looking up Justin Bieber twerking videos? Um, <laughs> right, yeah. right, so right. it's a using your own self as an example, but looking for natural segues for the conversation just to become natural. Mm. Um, the, I actually was saying when you guys like, oh, we don't, what advice would we give to people? I think having this podcast is so incredible. Like just the intentionality and having to talk so much about your feelings, your experiences, Mm -hmm. looking for natural segues to reflect on your own relationships is perfect, right? So if you can kind of take that format with your kids and just if something comes up on TV or they're watching a video or you see something, use that as a way to ask questions, to share a story, to add a little tidbit of knowledge in there, to say, oh, you know what? You should check out this book or watch this video that I did. And the more that the culture of conversation is just a natural dynamic in the relationship, it'll evolve over time and appropriately as need be for them. Yeah, no, that, sure. that makes sense. Part I know my of- parents weren't super, weren't open at all about talking about sex or anything. So a lot of things I figured out was like through the coldest winter ever or like friends mm-hmm. and, you know, fly girl and stuff. And That's I think what, I was gonna what say. prevented me from being kind of, you know, I guess being free sex sexually when I was younger was just the fear that of I shame. had of yeah. shame that I, like, God forbid, my mother or my father or somebody in my family found Absolutely. out. So I kind of suppressed a lot of what I was thinking or had questions about because it was just a fear. Like, don't do it. To just don't do it. And that was just the answer. So I definitely don't want that approach with our boys, you know, especially young black men growing up in this this world today. I want to make sure that they have the right channels and they're fully informed about what they need to be informed about. I guess just being, you know, strategic and being tactful with the approach and the time. We only have to think about it like, I think it's like sex is the only area in life where we employ the logic. The more you know, the worse decisions you're going to make. Or the more reckless you're going to make decisions right, based on. Right. Where that doesn't apply. Like if, anything else. Right. Yeah. Right. If your kid wants to do skateboarding, you want to show them as much information, positive, right. negative. Here's the success stories. Here's a kid who here's went to failures. the hospital. Right. Yeah. Here's everything you have to know about it. Okay. Go ahead. That will in- empower them to make better decisions for themselves. And also in the moment when things come up that are unexpected, they're going to have a catalog of information to go through. But in sure. sex, we're like, oh, if I, if I tell them. And then they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. We just don't want to be, I think that's also the problem too. People just don't want to be the ones. Like mm-hmm. the right. school's like, well, I'm not saying it because I don't want to get blamed. The parents like, well, I'm not saying it because I don't want to get blamed. And then the, right. the kids are like, well, I'll tell you. Right. Here's this video I saw that yesterday I saw, on right. Pornhub.com. That's it. Pull up a chair. <laughs> it's so that's, true. That's so true. But it also brings me to like why I asked about the kids is because I feel like we became better sexual partners when we started to unpack why she was the way she was with sex growing up, why I am the way I am with sex growing up. And it made me realize like, damn, If I had more communication with my parents, I probably would have been a better partner to my wife. If she had more communication, she would have been a better partner to me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people in relationships should start to, rather than just say, okay, let's work on our sex, let's unpack why I am the way I am before I even get in a relationship. Because before the actual act of sex, there's the intimacy portion. There's the feelings portion. There's the how we arrive at that physical. And I think a lot of times people kind of forego that to just be like, well, we just want to have sex. And how do we get to the sex part? But there's so much more with a connection that you have with somebody and the feeling part that goes into it. So if that's lacking, it only makes sense why the physical becomes an issue or it feels forced sometimes, at least no, for abs- us. Absolutely. And also kind of like what you said, I learned a lot about sex through watching Pornhub mm-hmm. or watching Spice. 
So what you expect your wife to do is from watching a porn star. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of like, if you don't realize like that, that is like an exaggerated version of what sex is. Oh, yeah. Then you expect that. Right. And then when that person doesn't deliver it, you feel like they're failing you. You know, and I was victim to that because no one really spoke to me about sex. No one said that, hey, sex is supposed to be this. When I turned 10 was the first time I was introduced to Spice Channel. Mm-hmm. Channel 69 on the cable box. Then I watched it. Oh, I watched it. Then I turned That's 13. clever branding. <laughs> oh, she should get a sponsorship, right? Spice. And 69, is, that's like amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Perfect. But, um, thought that up. I realized throughout my life what I thought sex was really wasn't what it was. Yeah. Like no, no woman is ever going to walk to your door and be like, hey, can somebody fix my pipes? Like that's just not, <laughs> that's not going to happen in real life. And then when right. it doesn't happen, you feel like my sex life sucks. Right. Right. Well, unless you decide you know? to do a little role play and then it's like, okay, that may be some way that people- No, absolutely. You know, absolutely. That, that, that might work for them in terms of, you know, trying to get there, you know? So, hey. Like, I, I just, I feel like people need to unpack how they learn about sex in their lives before yeah. they start to have sex with other people, that they want to have sex for the rest of their life. Right. That's important because we're stuck with each other mm-hmm. for the rest of our so, lives. Yeah, keep reinventing it. Like I always say to partners when they're like, I want to introduce something new like the two best ways are porn number one or number two using fantasy Mm. i had a fantasy about you and me or i had a dream last night what do you think about trying this right or it's like hey there's this thing this video that i saw what do you think about trying this in capacity and then of course you take that and understanding because you know porn is to sex what wwe is to fighting right right no it is it absolutely (laughs) is it absolutely is that's some great analogies you have here what do you say for couples who say one person is saying you know what i want to try something different in the bedroom so they decide to go for a toy like I did yeah in my story mm-hmm. and the other is not as receptive to it whether it be the man or the woman or the woman and the woman or the man and the man how do you now encourage people to introduce things like that into a relationship or into the bedroom without the other feeling a way about it it's kind of like what Deval was saying about that understanding of the years that it's taken you in terms of shame. And so what a lot of people tend to do is like, okay, just say I want to try uh, threesome. Now, I have watched hours of threesome videos, mm-hmm. and I have read books on it, and I've talked to friends about it, and I've done all this research. When I come to my partner, I have the benefit maybe of two plus weeks, maybe even two months of research, mm-hmm. and I'm putting it on you in this moment to make a decision and be on the exact same page as me. Right. It doesn't really work that way. And that right. could be something even as toys. Like, you've gone on all the sites, you've read the reviews, you asked your friend, you had an interview, you're like, okay, great, I feel empowered. Now my partner and their partner's at ground zero. Right. So you can't expect for them to be on the exact same page as you in the exact same moment. So you may want to start off with, hey, here's what here's some um, different catalogs we think is cool. Let's make a trip to the sex toy shop so we can learn together from mm-hmm. like a guide and see what feels exciting for us. Like what's good for you, what's good for me. And then give the person some space, you know? So there's so y'all have to go through the process together, not just because for, for us sometimes it's like let me spring it on them, that would be exciting. Yeah. But you don't see that that works a lot with couples. It does if it does, great. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's kind of like if I said to you, like, let's try rabbit today, and you're like, I've never eaten rabbit before. There's a lot of right. research I want to do before I'm ready to try rabbit. Whereas right. some people may be like, I'm down. It kind of depends on what your partner is like. But right. the expectation shouldn't be there because you weren't there on day one. When you first heard about the idea, you were like, that's interesting. Let me look into it some more. So okay. I think giving that space is great. And it's a benefit if your partner's already done the research because they can just share it with you. For sure. Absolutely. Wow. So much to you see. There's still more to learn about this whole thing. Yeah, I got questions. Yeah. <laughs> So for a guy like myself who works out a lot, whose sex drive is very, very high, and I have my beautiful wife who every time I look at her, like you said, I just I want to have sex with her, right? What do we do to continue to keep this 
thing going so that it doesn't become a resentment thing towards one or the other. Because we've also been told, she's been told by plenty of people, when she turns 40, it's going to flip. Her sex drive is going to be high. Yes, mine's going to be low. Is that true? Or is that um, They're like, don't worry. Don't worry because tables are going to turn and he's not going to be able to keep up with you. And I'm just waiting for the day. Counting yeah. down. <laughs> well, all the changes are good. I think, like, any change in your sex life forces you to examine it and to start having more discussions. And I, I've heard both. I've heard premenopausal people who are not interested. I've heard people mm-hmm. who are, are very interested. I've heard 30s is women's sexual peak. And so I, I applaud anybody who finds, like, a second wind or something exciting. And you already found a new position that you like. Maybe that in itself will spark you to be like, I'm more intrigued. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. An understanding what her turn-on trigger is, um, maybe allowing her once in a while to be the one who actually instigates. And so mm-hmm. that empowerment, like, let me choose. Like, let me... T- mm-hmm. pick the time and the place. And also too, like as a mom and as a businesswoman, I'm sure sometimes the end of the day isn't ideal. You know I what just I mean? told him that. If there's a 2 p.m. window and yeah. you guys are both yeah. free and like that kind of makes more sense, like go with that as opposed to trying, like some people say scheduling sex, which I think can work for some couples. I um, hate it. Yeah, I, 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 I can just it. see that like, you it it sets up an expectation to be a field disappointment because what if you don't feel like in the mood at the time? What if you're tired? Mm-hmm. I will say as like this bonus fact is like Dr. Ian Kerner found that some women's sexual arousal cycle doesn't kick in until five, 10 minutes into foreplay. So you may not even feel like doing it yes. until you're like 10 minutes in. I raise my hand. So that's okay. where Sometimes scheduling can be useful, yeah. where it's like, okay, we, like we set sometimes. the intention. I'm and that's a scientific it. fact. That's a scientific sometimes fact. Sometimes it's five to ten minutes into it. Yeah. Because I'm not going so to lie, sometimes sometimes I try to, you know, I'm, I try to gauge whether she's in the mood. And what I don't want to do is I don't want to, like, force get her in the mood. Because then it doesn't seem genuine. I don't want her to feel like she's forced to have sex. But then I tell him that's so, where the intimacy factor comes in. So if you're doing things to try to get me there versus just like, right. you ready to go? Yes. You appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. But it, sometimes that's it's a, it's a turn off for me as a man. <laughs> like I'm trying to get you in the mood and you don't seem like you in the mood. It's like, all right, I don't want to bother her. You know, that can be a turn off for me. So it's like sometimes it's like, what could be a trigger for you is not triggering me at all. So now you may be in a mood five minutes, ten minutes into foreplay, but I've been doing this and you've been looking disinterested, but now I'm not interested. And anymore. then sometimes I know, you know like it's been like a day or two and I'm like, he's going to want to do it. So I'll go take a shower and then I will take it upon myself to get myself in the mood for a couple minutes. So if he knows I'm in the bathroom a little longer, it's probably because I'm out there doing something to myself yes. to get me in the mood. Like that she's, so like that's come, been her thing recently. Yeah, yeah. and then I'll come recently. to him more ready. So it's like, okay, right. we're both meet, meeting each other at this level of like intensity and then we can get it get it popping. Yes. Because he may not want to have to put the work in. Sometimes he probably wants me to come and just be ready so he can be like, let's no, go. It's, no, I, I don't know? mind putting the work in. I just hate feeling like I'm forcing my wife to have sex. Right. Like that to me just doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Right. Like I want to have sex with someone who wants to have sex with me. So if I feel like I know she's tired, I know she's not in the mood, at that point already, I'm just like, it's just not, it's not enticing. Yeah. Because I don't want to put that on her. I really don't. Like I honestly feel like she gave me three kids. All right, let me just wait until she's in the mood. But then waiting ends up being four or five days. And I'm like, you know, you haven't had sex since like last week, Thursday. And she's like, okay, okay, I do. I remember. But, but I get it though. I just don't know. We just trying to figure out. How we be to, trying to figure out how to make same. it work because she'll say to me, she's like, "Well, if you want to have sex, why don't you just come on to me?" And I'm like, "Cause I don't, I don't want to. Like, I want you to want it. Like, I don't. Yeah, want, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's been our biggest issue lately. Mm-hmm. And we both understand that. Like, we're understanding, but we're right. both trying to figure out right. what we can do to kind of make it work. You know? I mean, Always you're doing learning. all the right things to have the discussions, looking mm-hmm. for the compromise you can both do. Like the key, the three 
flagpoles of a good relationship are yeah, self-insight. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to ask. I was like, what are the, the, the maybe the three three tips or the three things that you can give for better sex or, you know, whatever you feel the three tips are to give us. Give us some takeaways for our, our listeners. Well, for sex, I'll give three. But okay. for a relationship, it's just like self-insight, emotional okay. regulation, and mutuality. Okay. And self-insight is like, what can I do? Emotional mm-hmm. regulation, how I feel is not always right. Mm-hmm. So that ego Emotional that you feel, regulation. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. That, sometimes that's even that conversation of with yourself when you get that ego of like, they should just want me. Then being like, scientifically this weird we're in companion <laughs> right, love right, right now doesn't right, really work that right, way yeah, every absolutely. time you have a scientific fact I'm yeah. gonna bring up Shan I'm gonna like, like you know what Shan says scientifically no <laughs> it's not that big of a deal and I know she wants me I know that I'm hot I know that I'm fire we had this amazing conversation like mm-hmm. I know I did an incredible job last time I know that she takes five minutes to get into it so you know what it's not a big deal for me to give her a specific compliment on the fact that she has lasered away all her booty hole hair and it looks amazing <laughs> absolutely you know what I mean like some just boots. something that you know and I think as, as well for you like I think working yourself out and be like okay let me give myself the moments to get into the zone so I can approach my partner so that mutuality of I'm going to go the extra mile for my partner because I know they'll go the extra mile for me and as long as you guys keep doing that you're going to find the balance somewhere see that's the key that that is the key like continuing to work on yourself and be in a position where you're willing to go the extra mile for your partner. I know that if I continue to do that for Kay, she'll be willing to do that for me. And that's what people always ask. I'm with it. I'm with it, baby. People always ask, like, what makes y'all work? I really feel like that's what it is. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect every single day. We're going to express that it's not perfect, Mm -hmm. but we're going to continue to work to try to reach whatever level of perfection we can reach because we'll never reach it. So that, that, um... Yeah, it's that's the effort. dope. Now, if you think about your friends' relationships that don't work, if you put it to that like three litmus test, you can always see where the breakoff point is. Right. Where it's like one person, like, and they get Facts. that stalemate of like, well, I'm not doing it because you didn't do that. Well, yeah. I'm not doing this because you didn't do yeah. that. Yeah. Or they'll yeah. have no that one that strong person that's just yes. not going not gonna to bend. And you can't do that in a relationship. I Man. like that term, so, though, emotional regulation. Yeah. I think that that's very, very important. So when I hit you with the baby, I'm not emotionally regulated today. So. <laughs> I'm going to say, Call no, not in, that, not in that context. Call Shan <laughs> and have them prescribe you somebody. Oh, bring so me, she, she can pres- prescribe me a side chick? <laughs> I'm talking hypothetically. I got that on. I got that. No you recorded. Are we? Did we record that, They guys? did not record it, I think folks. we have they that did recorded. <laughs> Before we go, you have to just give us, you know, for better sex. Top three things for better sex. I would say sex never gets dull if you're authentically expressing yourself in the moment. Um, there was this study that they had people who were hearing impaired have sex versus people who, you know, have hearing. Right. And the sounds were completely different. That's just because, like, our sexuality is so much more socialized than we think. It's so much more performance-based. <laughs> and so yes. if you can just give yourself an authentic space to make the sounds you want to, the faces you want to. My husband um, was my friends of benefits first. And the reason I chose him as a friends of benefits is, like, the first day that we were, like, sexual, his hands were down there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at his face, and he was like a painter. It was just such, so, like, this beautiful expression, the way his hands were moving. And it was just right. such an authentic expression right. yeah, of yeah, how yeah. he felt mm-hmm. in the moment. So if you can try your best to detach yourself from what you think you're supposed to be doing, sounding like, looking like, mm. expressing in the bedroom, and just really respond to what's going on, mm-hmm. sex will always be different. Right. So really just being in the moment. To 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah. But just like, if that weird sound wants to come out, so be it. If you have to like, you know, let out a vaginal fart, let it go. Like, mm. all those things were, are going to allow you to make it different and fresh every time. Number two, I'd say mixing sensations. Um, if you want to spice things up, like there's, if you can do this, that's a nice feeling. But if you can do this and do that at the same time, it's a new feeling altogether. Uh, I see what you're saying. And so even if, you know, while you're going down on your partner, you give them like a booty massage or you rake the inner parts of their thighs or massage their mom's pubic 
Anubis. Like, uh-uh. there's so many different things the, you can the mom's do. Mom's what? Mom, I don't like, want her mom nothing. nowhere near me when no. I'm having sex. <laughs> the, the place where your um, oh, where your pubic hair grows. I thought she said your mom's pubis. I was like, man, look, this chick just got weird in here. I know you the sexologist, but whatever you doing, there, I ain't with that. <laughs> Come on, Deval, get your anatomy together. We're gonna go Google, 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 Google the body pubis. parts. All right, I'm just. <laughs> All right. And a final one I would say is just like, yeah, like mixing. Um, I I would go with like listening to fantasy, asking about fantasies, having conversations with your partner about, you know, their sexual fantasies and making sure that communication is not always negative. I think we think about communicating about sex. It's expressing when we don't like something. Right. Mm. But I love what we did at the top of this episode. That like la- last time, what you did was amazing. Yeah, nice. that's, that's, and that made me feel like, and I think that made him feel like, all right, so let's try that again. Yes. And there's yeah, an like excitement it, it, around wanting to try that again. You yes. know what I mean? And it's like yes. the crunchy, the crunchy sushi roll that you were talking yeah. about. It's like it was great in that moment, but it can just be that go to that we know is going to be guaranteed a good time. Yeah, and you add know? some like spicy mayo next time. There you go, just a little, a little wasabi, a little mm. ginger. Y'all making uh, here lunch. we are comparing sex <laughs> making to sushi. Lunch. To sushi. I'm like, that's not the right. <laughs> Analogy for sex? No. Sushi? But it worked in the moment. It worked. No. Yeah, spicy mayo and sex yeah, probably does not probably mix at all. I see yeah. what the, the plan is here. Was Which, to get me to not want to have sex. We done talked about your mom's pubis. <laughs> we talking about sushi. I see what's going on here. No, Y'all no, ain't low. No, no, no. You no, ain't no. low, Shan. You no, ain't low. No, no, Shan, you are amazing. Thank yes. you so much for coming on today and talking about everything sexually yes. related because, you know. We appreciate you. And we know we're not the only ones that have issues, you know, with it. And it, it may not even just be a couple's thing. It may be an individual thing. People yeah. are trying to explore their sexuality and just knowing that there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, you know nothing I mean? wrong with nothing it. Nothing wrong with that. We have some listener letters where people write in and they give us, you know, questions and scenarios and they want our advice. Do you mind sticking around to talk I with don't. us? I just want to say thank you for having me and thank no, you for the work that you guys do and I've learned so much I'm really appreciative thank you no, no, thank for you sure so much, and man. before we um, move into listener letters tell everyone where they can find you tell us about your book your website everything give us all the goods so my book is The Game of Desire the quiz I spoke to about turn on triggers is thegameofdesire.com slash quiz take that for sure. And are you on social media, like Instagram and all that yeah, stuff? But yeah, but you know what? You get one wish with people, I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, oh, that's, that's what I'm talking about, right, Shan. Shan. Deliberate. Yeah. Go to the Deliberate. website, tape the quiz. She's going to reel you in, then you're going to be looking for her. There you go. That's all that yeah. is. That's all that means. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to move into a quick break and move into listener letters, but we're going to listen to some ads first. All right. This for the record. There it is, a win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story, it comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All-American, a new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind. And this season, with the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. 
All right, guys. So we're back now after listening to some ads, and it's time for my favorite part of the show and Kadeem's favorite part of the show, the listener letters. We're also going to keep Shan with us. Yes. Sexologist. The sex specialist. The sex pert. (laughs) Let's get to these listener letters, okay? (laughs) All right. Question number one. My husband and I have been together 14 years and married seven years. We also have three whole boys. Oh, oh ages just like 12, us. 5, and 3. Very close to we us. We should start a support group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the beginning, we had nonstop sex, literally. Mm-hmm. After three kids, we slowed down to about two times a week. Yes, I know it's bad, but don't judge me. I'm tired. I know, girl. I know you are. <laughs> because of the high cost of daycare, I work the night shift, and he watches the boys and vice versa. I get about four hours of sleep throughout the day because I'm watching our kids doing laundry, cleaning, mm. cooking, doctor's appointments, drop-offs, and pickups from school, and two separate sports practices. I know how Yikes. that goes. I mean, I'm basically a stay-at-home mom, so when he gets home, sex is the last thing on my mind what is some advice you can give us to help with our sex life oh sis Shan sis. help a sister out I feel like help the guys, brother out too we talked this whole time so we I want did. you guys to take the ball on this one OMG first of all we have like parallel lives here almost with yes. the exception of working night and that's I've heard just from people who work night shifts for example like my one of my good friends she was she's a nurse and used to work the night shift that in itself apparently throws off your whole chi like everything yes. is just off once you're working yes. nights um, and I know what it's like, like that's a, it being the last thing on your mind, you're just being so super tired, but I'm sure that's because you're asking about it is something that's important to you. It's important to your husband. It's important to your marriage. Mm-hmm. At this point, sis, I feel like, although we said this is something maybe not ideal for some people, you may have to schedule it in like in your mind and not schedule it in saying, Honey, this is the time we're going to have sex. Meet me here. But you knowing in your mind that I'm going to have to schedule sex in with my husband right, a little more frequently than we've been doing. Two times a week, that may be a lot for some people. Maybe it's not. Maybe you know your husband needs more, but right. I would probably just have to just suck it up sometimes and say, you know what, I'm tired. But like I do sometimes, I'm in the shower. I'll get myself going real quick knowing mm-hmm. that, you know what, I'm just going to jump on him and surprise him with that. And then he'll appreciate it more because he feels yes. like, wow, she actually yes. took the initiative to initiate sex with me. Um, but mentally do it for yourself. Like Deval doesn't know, but I have a mental calendar when I know sometimes like, shoot, sometimes I miss a day and he'll be like, you know, it's been like two, three days, right? And I'm like, <laughs> damn. But I normally have that mental, you know, calendar in my head where i know okay it's approaching day two almost Mm -hmm. three i may not necessarily be in the mood but for him i have to pull him in the shower with you if you have to you know what i mean like make it a a situation where it's something a little bit different so you know it's not going to be just the monotony of getting in bed because we had struggled with that too yeah that's the one thing i hated was the end of the night and it's the high time we're in bed and it's like let's roll over and have sex i hate that he hates that you know so knowing what your man likes and just trying to really meet him halfway I think the joy is that this question is so common, and that means that, yes. one, you're not alone, and two, there is no magic answer. Yes. No. Because if there was, it would have been given on every single exactly. day. And we'd all be happy. Column. Exactly. Right. We'd all be happy. A lot of it is trial and error. But I love that you actually suggested two times a week. Like, there is massive amounts of health benefits to orgasming and to sex in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, doctors recommend two times a week to get the best benefits from it. Oh, dope. Okay. So two times. And that might help to actually relax you, sis. Well, she said she she was down to two times a week. 
So they were used to doing it more than that. Oh, we've slowed down. She slowed down to about two times. Oh, yikes. So she needs to get like third time in at least. Maybe like, you know what? The doctor said two is enough. You know, (laughs) our blood pressure is good. Or maybe there's other things other than actual intercourse. Maybe there's something you can do for him. Yes. I mean, you're giving him oral sex one of those days out the week to make it a third for him. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what we have to do sometimes. I wonder wonder if it's that she doesn't want to have sex or she's just tired. She said she's tired. She's just tired. So he still wants to have sex. Of course, yeah, he does. Well, he's not doing as much. As much chores as her, but I know she's saying that she's she's like still a stay at home mom and she works and at she night. works at night, yeah. Right. So that's a lot. Well, we got this thing that we do now. It's called closet time. Oh yeah, this is called closet time. It's we something that we've created mm-hmm. so that where when I notice at the point where I was like, you may be tired or something, but I let her know like early in the day, like, yo, we need some closet time. And at some point throughout the day, when she knows that I'm not gonna want to get in the bed and have sex, right? So she'll pick any time throughout the day, and she'll be like, "Come meet me in the closet right now." Right. Wow! And that's just yeah. that's something we started maybe so we, three weeks ago. Because we have a bigger ago. closet now that we've moved, yeah. so we can actually fit when in there. You'll come behind me, I'll like slap my ass like, and whisper, "Can like, I get I'm some closet, closet time?" time. I, I love it. it. <laughs> then she knows. She, she just knows. Like at some point during the day, I'm gonna just surprise right. him. I'm gonna surprise him with whatever happens in the closet. And it may even be like I'm in one part of the house, he's in another part, and I'll text him like, "Meet me in the closet." Yeah, you know, and that becomes like our thing. So that's why we've been smiling lately because right. we've been having some closet Your time. Your guys' skin does look incredible. Right Both of you. <laughs> the closet. It's all in the closet. It's all in the closet, girl. Whatever that's happens where the in the closet down. stays in the closet. Sis, see if you could find a closet in the house. <laughs> Run away from them kids and yes. text, text your hubby and be like, meet me in the closet, all right? FaceTime and when you all naked or you put on something sexy and be like, see, come meet me in the closet. She does that too. There you go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> all right. On to question number two. One topic I have mixed feelings about with my husband is he tends to resort to porn when I'm not in the mood or when he doesn't want to put in the effort to get me in the mood because he's like Deval and he wants it daily. And I'm definitely like Kadeen where every day can seem like you need to be having a crazy amount of energy to get freaky. And my husband is definitely no one minute man. I obviously want him to be sexually satisfied. And it was also a habit he had before we met. I guess it's to watch yeah, the watch porn. porn yeah. yeah, So I've discussed it with him and he sees nothing wrong with it. And I've never made a huge issue out of it as I'd rather he do that than have the urge to cheat on me. I'm worried it's allowing us to lose our intimate connection. Is porn something you guys deal with or have concerns with? Thoughts on it? Thanks. I, th- I think I said earlier, um, I feel like I had unfair expectations for the woman I was going to marry by watching so much porn. Because I did watch a lot of porn. I personally did not like watching porn once I got into a relationship because I felt like if I have a girlfriend and we're going to be monogamous, I don't want to have to satisfy myself. So that's why I would always put the pressure on her to have sex every time I wanted to have sex. Mm -hmm. Then, like we said before, you have to realize how unfair that is. Mm -hmm. So then I was just like, you know what? Maybe if I don't watch porn and I would just kind of center myself when I wasn't having sex, the sex would be that much better when we actually had sex. And not for nothing, that's what's worked Mm -hmm. for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't watch porn nearly as much as I used to. Number one, because I got three kids, don't have any time. And when I'm with my wife, I want to spend time with her. So I think porn can be an issue if it's a... um, if it becomes a distraction from intimacy and from your family life. Mm-hmm. But I do understand where she's coming from as far as saying, I'd rather him watch porn than go cheat. Mm-hmm. We but, had our um, moments like that. Because yeah. I was just, especially like post-baby and stuff like that. He was extremely understanding of, of course, I just had kids and stuff like that. So, you know, even after the sixth week and we can still have sex, I just wasn't mm-hmm. there physically. I wasn't there emotionally. I was not in tune with him sexually. So sometimes I would just be like, just go like... 
Go watch some porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, like he I, gets no I just, satisfaction it, out I of got it. no satisfaction from yeah. it. I'd rather be with my wife. I'd rather have that connection, that animalistic attraction, that mm-hmm. that fight in the bed. Of, you know what I'm saying? Like I right. want that. Like watching porn doesn't do it for me like that. What's your take on porn? And I mean, you spoke lightly on it, but yeah. for this couple particularly, I, I think porn is neutral. It's neither good nor bad. It's neither healthy nor is it toxic to a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's how somebody interacts with it. I would say make a really strong effort to ensure that your opinion is based on your relationship, not on like an outside perception. Right. I think that there is this idea that porn is bad in relationships. And so if your partner is watching it, it sounds like she's like, we have like an okay agreement with it, but I worry if I'm doing something wrong. Because maybe I've heard my friends say, like, I don't let my husband watch porn or I would never. Right. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And right. if it's like, no, if this is the way that you guys are managing your mismatched sex drive, it's also a way that allows you to have the time that you want for yourself. And I like like what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not they're not apples to apples. It's a very different experience. And even like masturbation and partner play are not the same thing. Like mm-hmm. Masturbation might be a part of your individual wellness while partner play is about a connection with each other and also individual wellness. And mm-hmm. so I would just really have the question of, is this that big of a deal? Uh, maybe I think that it might be, but if our connection is faltering, then yes, we should examine how porn might be impacting that. But I think someone can have a healthy relationship with porn and a healthy sexual relationship with their partner and those two things not be mutually exclusive. That's One thing I like that you said that made so much sense was not listening to outside people's idea of what should be okay in your relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we do see that with a lot of our married friends, the whole, I wouldn't let my, yeah, right. and then that becomes Bible to people. Right. But that may not work for you. Right. And I and I appreciate that because I mean we we live by that now. Mm-hmm. When we were younger, we definitely were kind of like trying to be the cookie cutter version of what married couples are. But now Should, it's like, unquote, yeah, I'm gonna do a work for Kay. Kay gonna do a work for Deval. Right. And that might work this week, and it might not work next week. Right. But we're gonna learn, and, and we're gonna it learn. We're yeah, gonna talk about it. Absolutely. So, you know what my therapist told me? My therapist told me that I may have too much of a connection into this one woman. Mm. Like this is what she told me. She said, "Listen." You love your wife a lot, clearly a lot, but it could be a point where it's a little unhealthy because you rely on her for every aspect of what you consider to be your happiness. And when she told me that, I had to kind of like take a step back and be like, you know what? She's right. And, and I'm doing I felt it sexually. inadequate at some point. Yeah, she felt inadequate I was just sexually. Like, I, I can't hold up to my end of the bargain. Whatever this end of the bargain is, I'm not able to do it. So I felt super inadequate so many times because I was just like, damn, I can't, can't get it right. And it was super frustrating for me. And it was very like disheartening at some points because I felt like... I can't make this man happy. He's not satisfied right. and there's something wrong with me. Like to the point where I was just like, I need to see a doctor because something's wrong with my sex drive. And and then a friend of mine who, you know, she's into like all of these all natural health food store, you know, concoctions. She was just like, bitch, you just had a baby. Yeah. Like your, your hormones I thought she was like, going to be like, eat some turmeric, sprinkle it. <laughs> well, she, she said, on your mom's pubis. <laughs> there you go. Because she was pretty much like, let your damn hormones level out a yeah. little bit, and then we can reassess if you legitimately have a problem, or are you just still recovering from having a whole baby? Maybe that's what it is. And I was like, oh, I think you're right. I had two babies back to back, so maybe that's what it is. So yeah. now if I have any issues, I'm like, girl, send me them roots and them teas. I'll drink it if I have to drink it to just try to keep up with this guy. But, yeah, we, you know. we, we're two years out of, of baby, but yeah. I mean... It's still just also learning yourself. A hundred percent. Like yeah. really learning yourself. Are you guys Will and Jada fans? Like are yes. you? Uh, yes. Yeah. So their whole uh, notion. We just met them. We just met them. Uh, we I got to show you the picture we took That's my sex them. sound, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We just met them. Yes, we, we just met them. Oh. Um, we're big fans. It's funny. 
Will is an icon as an actor. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm an actor. Kadeen is an actor. She's a TV host. Of course, Jada has Red Table, Red Red Talk. Table Talk. She was so an actress. So people automatically say, you know, well, mm-hmm. you guys are going to be our generation version of Will and Jada. I look up to them more for their relationship yep. yes. than I do anything else outside of, you know, like I, TV, all that stuff, no matter. No, it's the way they, they manage their children, mm-hmm. the way they manage their relationship because they don't call it a marriage. You know, and it's just like it's interesting to see, and they did it while in Hollywood. Oh my god, that's recent! This yes. was at the Tyler Perry. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know the picture because yes. I'm obsessed with that. Yes, that's amazing. You look yes. beautiful, Kadeen. Thank oh my you. gosh! Oh my goodness, that is the perfect day to meet them. That was you they guys. Were so, was they were amazing. so humble and just so personable. Uh, and you know, when you admire someone from afar for so long, and then you finally get to meet them, and they're everything you thought they would be, and more. Yes, yes. that was such a heartwarming. Like we literally were in they tears. Were. This in is tears so special. To me, I want to ask you to send it to me, even though it has no relevance to my <laughs> life. But I'm like, can I have that photo? Of course you no, can. Listen, of course you can. I understand it because that's yeah. how I feel about them as well. Um, especially listening to them on Red Table Talk. They're very transparent. Like mm-hmm. Kadeen and I are, and they're very unapologetic. There's some things that Will has said verbatim that I'm like, oh my God, Deval. It's to the point where it's scary. It is. Because it's literally like the same thing that he has said at some point to me about our relationship because we have so many conversations openly that I was just like, this is insanity. So it was really refreshing and nice yeah. to meet them. Yeah, I love their yeah. theory that relationships are BYOH, bring your own happiness. Yes. And that that was something that they've learned recently. Yes. And through, they actually don't say marriage anymore. They just right. say life partners. Life partner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's we, exactly yes. where it starts. We've, our relationship got so much better when I said, listen, Kay, you you figure out what's going to make you happy. I'm going to figure out what's going to make me happy, and then we're just going to share it. Yeah. We're going to share it with each other for the rest of our lives. And there's been so many more celebratory moments in Yes, that. so many. So many more. So many more. So and many not more. so much of, oh, you're not doing this. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it was more now, like, I need to find out how I can... Do learn to do this and share it with you, and we can do it together. Right. I feel like that was the moment in truth. All of it, a moment of truth, all in itself. I do. I honestly because do we normally feel like end that. every episode with talking about what our moment of truth was for this episode. Like, what did we learn? Yeah. What was our takeaway? And I feel like it was all kind of wrapped up in one there. B y o h. B y o h. Bring your own happiness. Yeah. And your mom's pubis. And sprinkle it with a little turmeric. Oh, little my God. A little turmeric oh out there. Gosh. Thank you for sticking around with us, Shan. Please make Shan. sure you guys go out and take a look Shan at Boudreaux, her. Shan you've been amazing. Yes. Thank you. This the, has been uh, such a joy. The game of this desire. Absolutely. This take take the quiz. We'll be curious to know how y'all worked out with that quiz. I'm going to go take it because I'm still trying to learn. Yes. Myself and this guy. <laughs> and be sure to follow us on social media. That's I am Deval. And Kadeen I am. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Dead ass. Deadass is a production of Stitcher. It's produced by T-Square and Denora Pena. Our chief content officer is Chris Bannon. Our associate producers are Kristen Torres and Tribble. Our studio engineers are Brandon Burns and Andy Kristen's daughter. back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called The Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcast at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please. <laughs>